0: hi everyone and welcome to play on k the korean drama podcast with emily and raquel and this is the podcast where we take Four episodes at a time of our latest drama, and we break them down weekly. So this week, we are on Healer, the final four episodes.
1: Yeah, I believe it's 17 through 20, is that right? I think so. You nailed it. Yes. All you have to do is take 20 and subtract 4. You got it. You got it. These
0: are so good. Um... I don't know what our plan was here. All I have is a bunch of notes, so we can go in chronological order, but also, we can mix this up.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to at least be sure to hit some of the most satisfying moments, and then we can wrap up any loose ends that we have, and then maybe we can kind of go from there, make sure that we didn't miss anything going through chronologically. Is good? Is good. What? What? are your favorite moments. So I was actually really, really proud of them because I did think they were going to rob me of it for a minute. Um, the Moonho telling Hee who her daughter is.
0: Right at the end. They yeah. brought it in. He finally made it happen.
1: The I thought that they were going to take that away from us for real. I thought they were going to be that cruel simply because of the fact that the threat was still very real of the elder mm-hmm. and everything and she had already left moonshick and i was really worried that an assassin would come essentially because she knows too much about what happened And I thought that, like, when Moonho was like, your nurse will be by later, I was like, and that's the assassin. I really did. I was (laughs) still in full drama mode at that point. And I was really worried because he just said, tonight we'll talk about everything. And I
0: just... never see that in a drama. Never be like, I have something really important to tell you, and I'm going to tell you later, not right now. Because they always die before you tell them later.
1: Yeah, that's the equivalent of someone in an American drama... Cop drama, being like, I have one day left till retirement, and then they, yeah, then they always die.
0: They have to die. Mm-hmm. Moonho, you're trying to kill this poor lady. She survived mm-hmm. by some miracle. She survived Moonho's threat.
1: <laughs> um, I also found it very satisfying the fact that they allowed Myung-hee to become stronger and assert herself as time went on. It's almost like this whole time she was being treated like a China doll and it was causing her to be weaker because it wasn't giving her any incentive to find her strength. Or I, I guess I don't know. I'm really analyzing this. Who knows? Maybe it was just good circumstance and that's all they really meant it to be. But I thought it was dope that she came back in the end and was able to handle stressful situations with poise and uh, know who her daughter was and leave her shitty husband.
0: All so good. And I love that they threw in the conversation when she left Minshik of her saying, I told you when we got married that I would never truly be your woman. Just a little sprinkle of like, she's always had it in her. Don't worry. She never truly lost herself after the accident. She was still there. Yeah. It was just very kind and very convenient to marry this good friend that she had. But she was upfront that she would never be in love with him. And that's the myung that we all wanted to see and to know. And she came back better than ever. That was really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I was grateful for that too, because he honestly deserved no less at the end of it. I had a lot of hope for his character, and that is something that I do think we should talk about. It was almost unsatisfying that he just kind of petered out into nothing, but I guess it was a good ending for him. I just... I didn't... It was very much ending his storyline with a whimper, not a bang. It was just... Yeah.
0: He they fell just kind of destroyed him psychologically and then left him. Yeah. And that's fine. That's one way to deal with a villain. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't... I don't think they even addressed him being, like, arrested. Mm-mm. He's just, uh, dying on the inside, just which is
1: fine. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I guess a big thing with it is that they do build you up to care about who he was in the past, at least, and he obviously wasn't as cool as the rest of the people in the past. Clearly, like, he, he couldn't hold himself together in the face of the Elder, he definitely was easily swayed by power, and, um... I guess the reason I thought that maybe he'd make a comeback is because I had really idealized all the people from the past, and I think you're kind of supposed to, but it does, by the end, show them very much as humans capable of making mistakes, because they did make pretty massive mistakes near the end there and even though they were great people obviously none of them were perfect and i i guess that's why i the whole idealization process caused me to think oh yeah he'll he'll make a comeback they were all great people and i thought it was good that they i guess now that i'm talking myself into it i thought it was good <laughs>
0: his ending yeah. his mental breakdown yeah i thought it was fascinating it wasn't my favorite but i think it was an interesting choice it was Really, really fascinating to watch that there was a scene where I think he's talking to Moon-ho and he is saying, like, if Jung-hoo works for the elder and gets a life as good as mine, then he hit the jackpot. Like, he's very, very lucky if he gets to live the life that I lived. And then there's another scene where he's talking to Gil-han and he thinks he's Gil-han. Like, he's very clearly breaking down. There's... Just so many puzzle pieces inside of Moonshik that I think are really well done, as as much of an ending as we're going to get for him, of like, he's falling apart a little bit, but it's been going on for a while, and uh, I like that they made him a weak enough character to make it seem like if maybe the Elder disappears, Moonshik will also lose all his power and lose his mind, and also fall off the radar. So we don't have to kill him. Yeah. He's uh basically already dead.
1: Yeah. He doesn't really have anything anymore. He doesn't have the thing that gave him power, and he doesn't have the person that gave him love. And so he's over, and that's super depressing, but fitting, I think.
0: And interesting. It's an yeah. interesting ending. It's not what I would have thought was coming for him.
1: Right. You think jail or like me, thinking a turnaround where he has to live with massive guilt over over what he did to his friends.
0: Yeah. None of that. That's cool. I thought he was going to maybe die. I thought we'd get a couple more deaths out of this show. I feel like there was so much death in the earlier episodes. I thought one of the main people was going to die. One of these leads, one of these secondary characters. Oh, man. You can imagine my rush of emotions when... One of them did die, and then did not die. So much going on. Fucking walkin' dogs I ever did meet. What is another of your favorite parts? Who else
1: um, got a good ending? So, as far as endings go, um, I was really, really appreciative, actually, that they did less is more for a lot of the characters, which is to say, they didn't leave any loose ends, but they didn't give you, it wasn't, there wasn't like a wedding, and there wasn't, uh, there was nothing solid for anyone, really, except maybe the two main characters. And even then, it was just some talking, Healer specifically, talking about how he really found what he needed, and he had a reason to f- finally care about life and people again and how good that yeah. was for him so- I
0: really really enjoyed the like little bit of full circle back to one of the first times you meet young shin and she's like running around chasing celebrities and this time she's running around chasing you assume politicians men of power who are uh, still lying cheating and st- dealing. I think that's really cool. She's back to her scumbag tactics that I really (laughs) hated in the beginning, but now she's using them for good? That's such a good ending.
1: Yeah, I was so excited by that and the fact that they were both journalists together. I really like full circle endings, like her full circle ending, and also his in the sense that if you look back, his dad was the photographer for the original Healer Journalist. Uh, editorial, and now he's the photographer for the someday for her specifically. She, he's her camera oh, person, and I, I just didn't
0: even notice that. That's so cute.
1: Yeah, I really love it. I love those good, good full circle endings. So
0: good. History repeating. Give me all of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I obviously was really excited by Moon Ho taking time to make up with his lovely badass. Uh, journalist, CEO, girlfriend. I love her. I do. I think I she's love her so dope, and they messed with her so much. And I appreciate that she's a strong enough character to forgive him and not have her uh, not feel too insulted to bring him back into her life,
0: and not be like emotionally wrecked. Just some side character that he steps on all throughout the drama and abuses for his own, um, show to succeed, I guess. Yeah. She was Uh, actually
1: a really good fit for him in that she was one of the few people that did tell him what he needed to hear. She was the first person to tell him that, first of all, it's okay to fight without getting hurt because then you can keep fighting another day. But also, she called him out and she, she said, you think you're brave, but you only fight as long as you're not going to be the one getting hurt. And he needed to hear that as well.
0: She's so good for him. And yeah, it was really, really nice that she got a happy ending. And it was great that he got a happy ending. He, They're not leaving it as... Uh, it seemed like they kind of swept it under the rug. They swept it aside of like him being in love with young Shin. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that was like a... Crystal clear, at least in terms of, like, he's definitely not in love with Young Shin anymore. We're not quite sure if he and Chief Kang are together, but at least they're very friendly. Yeah. That's a nice start.
1: And he had talked to her about the conditions under which he could see her again or could be in a relationship with her, and that was him resolving all of his issues with Young Shin that he felt he owed to her and he was able to do that and so i like the implication that he is able to care about her in a way that she deserves now and he's ready to do that and he goes to her at when he feels it's it will be good and he can be good for her i'm reading so much into this i just <laughs> i ship it i'm here for it
0: i ship it i want the spinner I don't know what they're going to do, but she's on the good guy team now. She's the one that brought the end scene of the elder being arrested and the fall of the empire that he had created. Full circle for her. Yeah. Coming on the good guy's team, getting a backbone. Like, I get it. Her character was very well written as, like, she's sort of a coward, but she's protecting more people than just herself by, by doing it. Mm-hmm. but I love that she got an ending that was like no she's it now she's she's in charge she's kicking butt she's being the reporter that gets the bad guys arrested dope
1: here for it, uh, here for it. they also came full circle from the very very beginning like the first few scenes of the chemicals that were hurting people and being tested on people what yeah. <laughs>
0: It was oh that. My God. It was the elder. I remembered
1: none of that. Wow. Yeah, I actually also didn't remember that. I had to have my friend point it out to me. So. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you, friend. That's crazy because I thought that the ending with the chemicals was really interesting and well done in terms of there was buildup of different types of corruption going on, but I didn't even realize all the way back at the start that they had dropped it. That's really good writing. Wow. Just gonna mull over that.
1: Yeah, just sit sit with that one and how good the writing of this show was from start to finish and how they were able to connect every line and finish everything up. It just they they could not have done a more phenomenal job.
0: No. It was uh oh. and uh our listener pointed out that the last scene of the show, it all fades to black, and it has the la- a line of their eternally yours song, saying, and there will never be another one. <laughs> I would not have picked up on how cool that was. No. But our lovely listener, who is so much smarter than us, pointed it out, and I got to bask in it as it played
1: yeah i'm pretty concerned that i will never find a kdrama with writing as good as healers i'm oh, no i'm very stressed i liked the show a lot i just they sacrifice nothing with the plot there wasn't there was obviously stuff you could consider fan service, but none of it was overdone or in your face and it they just wrote a plot that they could fit fan service into, I guess. There were just great moments, there were exciting moments that were ridiculous. There were like these heists. Oh, these last four episodes had so many heists. I live for a good heist. Give me it, heists, ugh. give me friendship. Give me cute love scenes, and I'm a happy girl. And this had all of those things. This had all of those things. Uh, the heist that they pull off, uh, we should get to the end heist, uh, for sure. But the heist they pull off to get those fingerprints that kind of end up not coming to much, but, uh... (laughs) but still the fact that they they were able to pull that off, and then Ajuma getting out of her house. So the scene where Healer is able to show up at the exact right time and kick the hand that reaches out to grab her, whoa so good also her entire plot of getting out of their safe by looking like just a crazed homeless person which like uh, a little rough it was a different time but no it was perfect because they obviously ignored her until she dropped a hard drive come on ajumma
0: You can do that. Come on, Ajima, clean it up. Clean up your act a little bit. You're supposed to be
1: a healer, pretty much. You can do this. But there had to
0: be some tension. She did get 70 hard drives out of her apartment and just walk past all the guards. That was pretty dope. Yeah, amazing. I guess they couldn't give us everything.
1: What did you think of her plot with the detective?
0: I mean, I'm always here for a love story, so give me a weird tertiary character crush, and I will live and die for it. Um, it wasn't really played out at all. It They never really explained it. There's just one second of her saying, Why didn't you ever get married? Get off of my back. And stop <laughs> being in love with me. Um, and I guess you're supposed to assume he's been in love with her for all these years. That's neat. Yeah. I like
1: it, but <laughs> super weird. It's an interesting uh, retcon to be like, oh, by the way, he's been in love with her the whole time.
0: Yeah, I don't think that was really planned. I don't know. It was weird, and I loved it. And I think it was mostly a plot device so that he would help her. It wasn't just, like, a favor to his old sunbay, it was a favor to his old sunbay who he had a crush on.
1: That works. That works, I'll take it, I guess. It's the only way he would pretend to shoot a man to death, so we'll take it.
0: Yeah, he was a lot more involved than I thought. I thought her favor was gonna be, like, just go uh, show up at the airport and be backup
1: security arrest the people that you see doing crime.
0: No, she's like, I'm gonna give you names and addresses of seven hackers you've been chasing because you have to fake a murder. Okay?
1: Okay. Uh, Also, I was going to try and wait until the end to talk about it, but I kind of want to just talk about it right now. The faked death? They did not let that one sit with us for very long.
0: Thank God, though, (laughs) because I would have broken... I would have been a broken person. I was waiting for one of them to die and then they did. They killed my favorite one and I was yeah, I was going to be torn apart. Yeah. Except that 15 seconds later, the big reveal he's not dead.
1: Yeah. They did yeah, they didn't let you sweat that one for too long before they were like, "Ah, don't just kidding. Happy Halloween." Um <laughs> But uh, it was interesting to me, especially considering the whole time they did not really involve guns in this entire show. People got killed, people were hurt, and then all of a sudden in the last five minutes of this show, it was Gun City, baby, everybody's got a gun, he got a gun, he got a gun, she got a gun, do it, shoot him, get him. And then uh, it was actually a fake gun, it was a pretend gun. I told my friend that all. guns in Korea are fake guns, so (laughs) he believes that now. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um but like I get it. I think that's I guess that's more in line of what I believe Korea's gun policies to be like. I don't think these double S guards are just strapping Mm -hmm. like I like to assume they're like, we gotta work with our hands. We gotta work with what we've got. And so it was very exciting in that it was very unexpected when uh, Jung-hoo pulled out a gun. And you're like, dang, things are getting tense. He knows that she's about to get murdered and then he gets shot. But it's by the detective. Like, not just a policeman who you might have expected to have a gun, maybe. It's a detective who's like, you get it. If anyone would have a gun, it's him. So I thought it was well done that it was... The guns were in people's hands that I would have expected to have guns. Um, My love for... We are constantly going to compare this to the K2 final episode, and it's still coming up. (laughs) Everyone in the K2 had a gun. Every single person.
1: Yeah, it was... Fine. It was believable in that show. Yeah, I guess. I I think that it was the thing where it was jarring that all of a sudden they had guns, and I actually kind of liked it for the dramatic effect, because guns definitely lose dramatic effect to some extent. Obviously, they're still guns, but they lose dramatic effect to some extent when all of a sudden...
0: When everybody has a gun? Yeah, when everyone. Time.
1: When every person has a gun throughout the whole show, and at any given time, everyone can just pull a gun on each other.
0: Okay, America. It's not exciting to, for everyone to have guns. What if we just let the detectives and the criminals have guns?
1: Yeah. Hmm? You can't find a gun easily, and so when someone has a gun, whoa, shocker.
0: Whoa, big twist. Wouldn't that make America much more exciting? I think so. Come on. Do it for the drama. (laughs) You're not going to do it for the school children. Do it for the pure drama of it. Uh, Let's not talk gun control anymore. We're going to get ourselves in trouble.
1: Yeah. Y'all know where we stand. Emily lives in Japan, and I live 20 minutes from Canada.
0: So we stand with stricter gun control. If you didn't know where we stood, now you know. (laughs) Um, No guns. Higher drama. That's our perfect world.
1: Yeah. We're here for the drama. We do a whole podcast about K-dramas. Less guns. Also, though, less love triangles. I guess in that sense, I'm not here for the drama. So Yeah,
0: that's hard. Because love triangles are such a big trope. Mm-hmm. They didn't hit it hard in this drama, and I love them for that. There was... Honestly, like three quarters of the show, we couldn't figure out if Moon Ho really liked Youngshin. And I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, they mastered the art of the implied love triangle here.
0: They really did. I think in any other show, it might have been annoying. But in this one, it was fine. Um, he can love her in many ways, and you don't have to put a label on it. So he did. He did. He um, loved her
1: like a niece- Slash daughter, and that's fine.
0: That's good. Does he also love her as a woman? We don't know. It's implied that he does, but let's drop that.
1: Yeah, never think of it again.
0: (laughs) There is a scene where our four good, good spies are walking through the airport at the beginning of their heist. (gasps) That gives me such warmth in my heart. It's the new
1: background of my work computer.
0: (laughs) Because it's so cool. Oh, they look I, so good. I think we said in episode two that Ji-Ching running was our thing. And it sounded like we were talking about a kink. That's fine. It can be <laughs> your kink if you want it. It's Somebody not something. ours. Yeah. Um, we. I meant it. You probably, as well as like the excitement and joy you get when there's a dog on screen. Like yes. you're not gonna interact with the dog; it's on a show. But there's just a weird joy that enters your heart when you see a dog, and that's the kind of joy I get seeing Ji Ching Wu running. It's weird. It's unexplainable, and it is times ten when there's an ending scene like this where all the coolest characters get together and look so cool.
1: Like, do a walk through an airport in their trench coats and uh, look ready to, I don't know, pull off the world's greatest heist to take down Korea's greatest villain. Um, I'll take 100% of all of this and thank you. Can I have some more?
0: Yes. Yes. Second second servings, because they're going to do it at the end of episode 19. Get y'all hyped for episode 20. And then start
1: from the beginning. Yes! Oh, that was such interesting time work, where they give you a peek into the final heist, and you don't even know that you're taking a peek into the final heist until they roll back the cameras, and then you get back to the final heist, and you're like, I know this scene- It looked dope cool. Yeah. It looked dope the first time, it looked dope the second time.
0: Yes. And I usually hate that storytelling device. A lot of T V shows do it, of you start with the most climactic part of the episode. I say a lot of TV shows. I know one that my brother and sister really liked. It's always started with the climax of the episode for like two or three minutes. And then they play like three days earlier. And you start with like the buildup. And that's fine. That's a device that many shows and movies and other things use to keep you interested. But I hate it. I like the surprise of what's the climax going to be. I like the slow build. This is one of the first shows that I was like, yes, you did it. You did it the right way and I like this.
1: Yeah, cuz you have no clue what you're looking at. You're just excited cuz your favorite characters are all together and looking amazing and then they're like, "Oh, there's a reason." Do you want to know mm-hmm. what? The reason is they're pulling off an airport heist. They're going to they're going to do some reporting some journalism. Uh, they're going to find the truth. And they're going to do it together. And they're going to look beautiful while they do
0: it. And we knew. We knew this show wasn't going to disappoint us. It was going very well. But these last four episodes, the last especially two episodes of any drama, are such a make-or-break moment where so many shows just throw in way too many plot twists to like throw you off. Yeah. This was not
1: one of them. Mm-mm. They paced this show perfectly. It was actually flawless pacing. There wasn't a moment that I thought there's too little going on here or too much going on here. Because they do give you that lull that a lot of K dramas give you, where the penultimate episode, they've resolved a lot of things and then they have to come up with something yeah. else that's dramatic. But they did it in a way where they make you think that everything's safe again, and then they take that safety away, and... uh but in a believable way, because it was, they thought that they were going to be able to prove his innocence by finding the murderer. And then they pull that rug from underneath you. No, they, obviously, the evidence was wiped clean. There is, the only proof is his admission of guilt. And uh, it just, it was a really believable way for them to have built this This fiction where the Elder has control over everything, of course he was able to wipe that clean. And now he has control, and I don't know. It was just so good, because then they they built it back up. I I could not believe how good the pacing was.
0: Yeah, it was so believable. All the drama that they put in the last four episodes was so believable. And I was really, a little slow clap, I was really applauding them for the relationship drama they left us hanging at the end of episode 16 with like what are they gonna do and so many shows take advantage of their main relationship and your commitment to them and try and tear them apart for a long time within the last four episodes these guys did not there was like eight minutes when they were broken up yeah i appreciate that so much They took our time seriously. They took the drama seriously. They said, we've got too much going on to have drama also be in the middle of the leads relationship. Yeah. Not gonna happen.
1: And I think that a mistake that a lot of K-dramas make is thinking that people want drama that involves actual relationship discourse, That indicates unhealthy relationships, ultimately. Whereas this was... There was drama surrounding their relationship. Like, him not being sure he was the best for her. But also him wanting to create a world where he could be the best for her instead of him jerking around her feelings and leaving her one minute and being there for her the next minute and same with her there's moments where you have this i look at her psyche and how she feels about the relationship and she's thinking how am i supposed to make all of this work and then it it takes 10 seconds before she remembers it she wants it to work and she's willing to work at it. And it just, it's really good. Cause it makes it a relationship that you can get behind and not a relationship that you are worried will crumble the moment they don't have something to fight for or something gluing them together or I mean, there have been K-dramas we've watched where I've actively wanted them to break up in the past. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's a really good feeling when they build a good, healthy relationship despite drama, instead of it being the source of drama.
0: The source of drama, or uh, thriving off the drama, kind of like you said, you're not worried about this drama ending, and they're going to lose interest in each other because she can't play spy anymore with her super cool boyfriend. Yeah. They still get their little bits of excitement from chasing corrupt politicians around town and following in their father's footsteps. That's joy. That's neat. They're living normal lives, but with just enough excitement and utilizing both their skills really heavily and that's a beautiful relationship
1: yes oh it was so good um yeah I couldn't I can't applaud this show enough um oh uh, like uh, I guess a couple other things it seems weirdly anticlimactic to turn around and maybe have this be one of the last things we talk about it or talk about but I think it's definitely worth it the scenes with her uh her adoptive dad her dad, dad.
0: Okay. I have 3 scenes in these last episodes that I cried and 2 of them involved her dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he we knew we liked him from the start. He's a great But he dad. really pulled it all together at the end. He showed up
1: Yeah, um, the scene between him and Myung-hee was the perfect amount of emotional and touching and good for both of their characters.
0: And was it a little unexpected for you? Like, Myung-hee enters the cafe, and I thought there was gonna be such a long moment with her and Young-shin. No. What? She goes to the dad? She has a moment with him? I was bawling. That was number two scene when I cried.
1: Yeah, her words, uh, I, don't, I didn't write them down, so I don't remember them precisely, but her quote of how did he raise such a good and beautiful person were devastating in the best way.
0: So good. She's so proud of her daughter and so grateful to this man. And also, you can tell she's so heartbroken that it couldn't be her. Mm-hmm. But she's, yeah. There's so much emotion here. Oh, I loved it.
1: So good. It's amazing. Um the character connections that they were able to build were flawless. So good. The pictures as as she or yeah, as he showed her the pictures of Myung Hee growing up and you just oof, you feel it. Feel it right in your heart. Oof.
0: Even okay, another scene where I cried was um Papa and Young Shin. Sharing a cookie that oh. young he had made for Jian's death day or birthday. I think it was her birthday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my god. This papa brings all the tears from me because what an emotional journey for him in these last four episodes. Finding out his daughter has found her parents and accepting that they're alive and that they didn't abandon her in the trash like they had always thought. They were just finding out that her mom is a good person and being compassionate towards her
1: yeah, and underst- sharing that
0: with his daughter.
1: Yeah, and understanding that the situation was outside of their control, and if it could have been different, they would have made it different. But still being grateful to be the part of her life that he gets to be, it was very beautiful. It was very beautiful. Um, The one last scene that we saved the best for last I was laughing my ass off at the part where she, uh, Healer comes in and saves them all from the thugs that were coming to <laughs> threaten them. And the two dads, the two dads, have to just watch as he kicks everyone's ass. And then the convict dad stands up and uses the most formal speech possible with Healer after being like, This punk, this nothing. <laughs> couldn't throw a punch, couldn't take a punch, expected more from you and then And
0: even the comedy of after being saved, uh Jung He like goes to embrace Young Shin and Papa's like, Come on, bro, hold me back. Hold me back, I'm gonna fight him and he's like you're not gonna fight him, he just beat up two grown men. You're, what are you gonna do, Papa? What are you gonna do? What's
1: the plan here? What's your game? He doesn't know, but he's got he a front.
0: Know. Yeah, he's got a front. That's Oh, that's really good. Also, super random, but... There, these episodes were so tense, and I loved that there were still just good moments of comedy somehow thrown in the middle. My second favorite, second to that scene, was um, SS, the CEO of SS Guards. <laughs> Bitch <Bitch-loving>. laughing. yo-yo. What?! He just slapped him in the face. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. And it was so stupid. Like, no, that was n- that's not how a slap works. You don't go full circle and spin around to slap <laughs> the person next to you. That's not how far your hand goes when you slap someone. It was perfectly contrived. <laughs> perfectly contrived. I loved it. Absolutely.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, the comedy of this show was very, very spot on. It was on point. It was never expected, but always tasteful and fit well. It was very, very good.
0: Very, very good. Um, oh, I said there are three scenes when I cried. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should mention the very first time that I cried, which was when Myung-hee left her baby child in a trash pile.
1: Oh, yeah, that one messed me up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you watch that at work? I was really worried you would just watch <laughs> that in the lunchroom and cry. Um, where was I? I don't think I was watching it in the lounge. Um, I th- I was at my friend's house, thank God, because, yeah, no, that... That scene messed me up. That was the hardest part, especially when they point out that after that she doesn't say a word for years. Like, she becomes mute because the last thing her mom ever asked her to do was not say a word.
0: I'm still gone. I'm still processing the beauty of how well done that was and how I'm never going to recover, and that's fine. I'll be a different person forever because of that scene.
1: Yep, Healer changed us in so many ways.
0: Welcome to the new world. <laughs> we are all different people here because we enjoyed Healer. We laughed. We cried. We uh, psychologically destroyed our villains. Yeah, we did it all. We
1: did it all, and there will never be another one. So anyway, this is the end of Play on okay, Cave Forever. I'm kidding. I I'm, I'm I don't mean that. Um, I just... <laughs> I guess I just don't know where to go from here, and suggestions would be appreciated if y'all are listening. We really need suggestions. Um, I have a show that I started back when
0: we first started, Healer, that I really liked that I'm interested in watching next. But honestly, if you've got something that will tear me apart and put me back together as much as Healer has, I'd rather watch that.
1: Yeah, honestly. I don't even know where to go from here, except a Healer again, seven more times. <laughs> just
0: watch it again.
1: <laughs> do you want to just watch Healer again and then do another uh, five, six with the bonus episode podcast episodes? I do. I think okay. we should. Cool. Um. So join us here next week for the bonus episode, and then the week after that for Healers episode one through four. Episodes one through four. That'll
0: be exciting. Yeah. It'll be our podcast forever. We'll just name it... Healer cast. Healer cast.
1: And we will report the news on Healer as if we were the journalists themselves. How cute were those kids from the past, though? One last shout out. I love them. I love those. Because five favorite characters. I loved those dads. And yes, Teacher was one of them. And so was Myung-hee. They're all dads to me, except you, Moonshick, looking at you. Get out of here. Bish get lost gonna make one of those memes it's like thank you so much for the memories but like on Moonshik's face it says except Not you, you? <laughs> <laughs> i remember those memes that's a couple months old but we're getting on the train yep we're gonna recycle those those ancient artifact memes, memes get old so quickly yeah i cannot yeah, meme culture is it's a fast-paced and as a millennial, I feel like my memes are different from Gen Z's memes. Gen Z, you're killing the meme game, but you're making me feel aged. Also,
0: sometimes yeah, I guess your memes just don't make sense sometimes, but I really enjoy them other times. So keep going, like yeah. experiment, play around with your art. I'm going to be proud of you. Yeah, I love you Gen Z. I love you Gen Z. Um, I think I'm borderline Gen Z. I don't know what's the year for Gen Z.
1: Um, I think you are borderline, but I'm pretty sure you're a millennial. Maybe I'm just saying that cuz I'm definitely a millennial even though I'm also on the edge. I'm on like the very clear millennial edge. Um, I'd have to I feel like the years are also in flux. Like, we could look it up and we'd find different... It's mostly,
0: like, a personality thing, right? Like, if you identify as a Gen Z, you can be a Gen Z. But I don't, because I'm old on the inside.
1: I had... So, when I was 24, 25, I had 34, 35-year-old friends that refused to identify as millennials, even though they were actually, I'm pretty sure, like, definitely, like, Gen X millennial cuspers. But, like millennials and i guess like that's fine i don't know i refuse to hate the younger generation i think gen z is magical
0: yeah well me this uh Infographic says I'm a Gen Z, so thank you. <gasps> I appreciate you on behalf of my people. I love you so
1: much. You're why I. You're the reason that Gen Z is so perfect in my eyes.
0: Oh, that's really nice of you to say. It's you. I still don't get the memes, so if somebody of my clan could explain them to me, that'd be great. Um, but Raquel and I are just out here crossing borders, <laughs> mending fences. <gasps> <laughs> and we are bridging the gap between Gen Z and millennials, and if you want to join us, <laughs> send us a tweet. We are at Play On K on Twitter.
1: Yeah, we also have our website where you can sign up for our newsletter and check out links to pretty soon here links to our Patreon which is really exciting, and we can announce what those uh, those Patreon deals are, whatever the word is, it's pretty soon. Anyway, you can find that all on the PlayOnK website, playonk.com.
0: We also have an email where you can send us Anything you want, long form, short form, we'd love to hear from you. We are playonkpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and then uh, finally, last but not least, we are on iTunes, and we would appreciate any type of rate, review, and subscribe, though we'd appreciate most a five-star review, and we'd totally read your name on the podcast if you reviewed us. Yeah. And thank Thank you. Thank you so
0: much, as always, to James Paul. Hevel for a theme song. <laughs> now you're doing James it
1: too. Paul. Yeah, that that is his middle name. I do it, so I'm okay. I've accepted you.
0: Okay, James Paul Hevel. Thank you for your theme song that you made that for did. us. Yeah,
1: no, we love it and we love you.
0: Thank you all for listening. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.